This is Multimedia Failure, a podcast where we, for reasons beyond my understanding and reasoning, uh, watch nearly every video game movie ever made and then rank them against each other. I'm Jason Arrow, and also competing for Best in Show with me are... Vanessa Cahill. John Lucero. And the reason we're competing for Best in Show is because we watched Best in Show for our summer break movie, taking a needed break from video game movies because they are slowly withering away at our souls... And I got a very special guest on for this one. I know we've uh, said that with every one of our guests, but this one is extra special because uh, he's actually one of these stars. And I think uh, he's one of the stronger performances in this uh, murderer's row of uh, comedic actors. And that is Michael Hitchcock. Michael, say hi. Thanks for joining us. Hi, everybody. How are you? Doing great. Fantastic. (laughs) Yeah. Good. (laughs) Those of you who don't subscribe to Patreon, you could have heard us already talking. For nearly oh, a half hour at this point, yeah. Thanks yeah. the plug. Yeah. So media will yeah, do you love it. Yeah. yeah. You'd <laughs> learn all sorts of cool things. Um, especially <laughs> that John is the youngest of everybody. He's <laughs> yeah, the only, only Patreon subscribers know that I am the youngest <laughs> member of this, uh, this podcast. Or, or anyone that hears this podcast and listens for more than three seconds. So. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and he has bad right. knees. Okay. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> I got one bad knee. I've had two surgeries on it, so we're we're. <laughs> I do have a bad right. left hip too. I had surgery on that. Boy, this is interesting talk. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> so, right. um, yeah, we watched Best in Show, and uh, Michael, you and I have been like Twitter pals and I guess social media pals now for quite a few years at this point. Yeah, and we talked about this on the Patreon segment, and I was a little hesitant on asking you because I just felt like this was a little I don't want to say beneath you, but a little beneath you, um, considering how um, much stuff you've done in the world and. Coming on my little uh, my little uh, fake radio over the internet with my friend's uh, show here, I was like, no, there's no way he's going to say yes. But, uh, well, here you are, and I don't know what uh, lapse in judgment brought you here, but I really do appreciate it. Well, I had nothing to do today, so you're lucky. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I didn't either, so that's why I'm here too. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, oh. Anyway, um, welcome, everybody. John, you said <laughs> earlier that you you just watched it yesterday? For the first time? Yeah, for the very first time yesterday. Okay. Um, I, ho- I hope it held up well. It's 20... How old is... So it was made... 20, when did it come out? Going on 22 was, years now. Isn't that crazy? Wow. It is absolutely nuts. I thought yeah. it held up phenomenal. phenomenal it, it, it holds up pretty well. I know I at one yeah. point I do have a... I'm working on a... Oh, what was that device called? Um, not a Palm... Yeah, it was a Palm Pilot. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that kind of dates it slightly. Um, yeah, but, yeah, yeah, but I mean, it's uh, comedy wise. Like, I think I think every joke pretty much hit. I would imagine as it, the same way it did back then. And it, I also had watched uh, Spinal Tap for the first time ever last year. Wow! Uh, yeah. So this was like a nice little sequel to that, in in way in some ways. Uh, yes, I had not had a lot of Christopher Guest experience outside of like Prince, uh, Princess Bride. Uh, yeah. So this was he's uh, yeah, it's. This is this was great, and you were great in it, especially from the opening scene on. Yes, <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, you, you and Parker, Parker Posey uh, killed it the entire time. Parker and I played husband and wife lawyers, and or I was a lawyer, and uh, yeah, it was. Um, she was so much fun to work with, and a lovely person, and uh, you know, just fantastic. I just every I love everything about her. Ever going way back to like dazed and confused, if you've ever seen that, yeah, she's amazing in that movie and Party Girl, and then just everything. And right now, she's in if you all turn into the staircase, the I think it's you know, mm-hmm. they did a yeah. 
you know, a scripted version of that documentary. And um, she's part of that. Really good in it. Anyway, I can't say anything bad about her ever. Nor will I. <laughs> Unless you go behind the Patreon wall, maybe. 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 No. No, never. Anyway. <laughs> no, no, no. Not behind the Patreon wall. It will not be there. It won't happen. I yeah. might praise her more, but not. There we go. Yeah. Um. So, Michael, I think um, a lot of people, me personally, like, I knew I had seen you in a bunch of stuff prior to us sort of, like, talking on Twitter. And it wasn't until... It, it, I. I I, I think you're friends with Greg Barrett um, on Facebook or yeah, something I like that. Greg. Uh-huh. Okay. Greg at one point coined the term, um, that guy from that thing. And at times I feel like you, that, that is kind of fits you to a T. Like I think everybody in the world has seen you in something or another, but maybe just doesn't know your name. Yeah. <laughs> or you've worked on something everyone that everyone's seen. Or I remind them of like a Dr. Seuss character. So I look familiar. <laughs> <laughs> about that who has told you one that you look like a dr seuss character and uh two i kind of i I would beg to ask which one yes yes, yes. i'm kind of a combination of every one of them and the grinch who stole christmas um but yeah um (laughs) and i'm sure one of my cousins told me that um so i come from a fine family um yeah but yeah i guess you people i've done a lot of character roles which are super fun to play and um i also am a writer so i would act when I wasn't writing and um, which makes for kind of a weird smorgasbord of, of parts. Now I've got a very quick kind of list here of stuff that you've uh, worked on and people might know you from um, start with like mad TV. You were a writer and executive producer, if I'm remembering correctly, as well uh, as well, uh, guest starred on Glee. Uh, was I was a co-exec, not an exec. Um, oh, okay. But yeah. And I appeared on okay. mad every once in a while. Uh, Space Force, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, Waiting for Guffman, A Mighty Wind, The Firefly Movie, Serenity, uh, United States of Tara, Veep, Bridesmaids, and uh, more recently, Barb and Star, Go to Vista Del Mar, which um, I, I, as soon as I saw you were in there and you had recommended uh, watching it, I rented it as soon as it hit Redbox, and uh, I think I messaged you and said I, that was the exact kind of like stupid laughs I needed. It was just, I, I found that movie hysterical. <laughs> it was so dumb and fun. I loved it. Yeah, it was it was really fun to make. I Weirdly, when I watched it again, I thought... Oh yeah, there was a talking crab in that script. <laughs> <There are laughs> I haven't seen it, but that's fun. It's it's a it's a crazy. It's like it's sort of like Bridesmaids meets Austin Powers. Um, okay, all right. That's so a, it's a little bit of both. Pitch. Yeah, um, and it's and it's um, written by the same two women that wrote uh, Bridesmaids, Annie, Mon- Annie Mumolo and Kristen Wiig, who and they both star as Barb and Star. Okay, so, makes- yeah. Bridesman is great. Kristen Wiig is is always great, too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, she's uh, a, so funny. And we had the thing about Bridesmaids, and I know we're here to talk about Bustin' Show, but I mean, uh, <laughs> Barb and Star, but like um, we shot that in Cancun, and it was it was one of those things where when you weren't working, we were at a hotel and hung out at night and celebrated birthdays and and also just complained about the heat because we shot it in Cancun and july and part of august and and it's a really rough time for that part of the world Mm -hmm. then because it's so hot and humid um Mm -hmm. people were literally fainting and stuff so wow and like every third word out of everybody's mouth was i'm I'm so hot i'm so hot (laughs) (laughs) we were i mean just so hot but but it was still really fun to do i mean we had a we had a blast 
So, yeah. And you were in a uh, rather uh, heavy suit too, it looked like. <laughs> I was in a, yeah, I was in a three-piece suit with a pink shirt and a like a tropical boat uh, tie. And I was sweating so bad that the shirt spotted, you know, with the sweat, you know, you get mm-hmm. sweat blobs. And the only way for it not to show on camera was they just wetted the whole thing down. So they just sprayed me. <laughs> so I was just, like, I was just wet the whole time, but it looks, it looks good on camera because it wasn't. Sometimes the simple solution is the best. Right. And I was wearing male Spanx because uh, I was not at my proper weight. So yeah, it was, I, I was torturing myself. I'm surprised with the sweating, you didn't just immediately get down to your fighting weight. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I don't know. My fighting weight these days is not what it used to be. So, yeah, I don't know. But Michael, I'm in the same boat as you. I completely understand. <laughs> yeah. But it's uh, it was so fun to do. We had a we had a great time. And so was Best in Show. We had a great time on that, too. Yeah. Uh, Michael, you are also a Groundlings alumnus, which um, I think I knew that. But when I was doing a little more research for the show, I was like, oh, my God, that's right. And then watching the um, um, the commentary track on this, too, because I have it on Blu-ray. I was like, oh, that's right. Wow. That, like I said, you, you have an incredible pedigree behind Thanks. you. Do people know what the Groundlings are? Groundlings is a, it's a comedy troupe in Los Angeles that does sketch comedy and improv. And weirdly, that's where Christopher Guest first saw me was mm-hmm. at the Groundlings doing an improv show. And that's how I got to be in his troupe of players because um, I got interviewed to be in uh, a movie called Waiting for Guffman. And mm-hmm. we... I had a community theater background growing up and that's what that movie was about. So that's, you know, we kind of talked about uh, that. I ended up in that movie and that, and then, yeah. So, and then just kind of kept you around, around, huh? Yeah. And then he kept me around, which is awfully nice. So, yeah. <laughs> so, um, best in show, absolutely insane cast between you uh, as the aforementioned Parker Posey, Catherine O'Hare, Eugene Levy, Christopher Guest, Michael McKean, John Michael Higgins, Jennifer Coolidge, Jane Lynch, uh, Ed Begley Jr., and Fred Willard. Again, you see this, and it is just like, how do, how does, that, like, I don't know sometimes when I see this cast list, I'm like, how is this movie just not, like, on the tip of everybody's tongue at times? It is just such an insane cast list, and it is so goddamn funny. <laughs> yeah, I, um, yeah, it's made, it's made history, and I think it's one of the hundred movies of comedy movies of all time by AFI and stuff like that, so it, it does have its pedigree, which is not a pedigree dog, but yeah. Uh, originally, it was called <laughs> Dog Show. It was called Dog mm-hmm. Show, and they changed the title to Best in Show because I think there was another movie called Dog Show or something. They, but yeah, that's what hmm. it's originally called. And a lot of people don't know. Might as well just tell the folks that don't know. Um, it's based on a an outline, so we don't get a full script. We get an outline of what the scenes will be mm-hmm. about. And then we improvise all the dialogue. Okay. So Are I was you gonna serious? Ask, I was going to ask because it, yeah. it felt super, like everything felt super like improvised and on, yeah. uh, especially your guys' scenes and the the busy bee breakdowns felt very improvised <laughs> in, a, in a way that I was, I was like, I, I need to ask if this was, if this was off the cuff. It yeah. Just, I'll tell you about that in a second, but yes, that's, that's how he does it. Chris, Christopher, um, he does, he, he writes them with different, Folks, this was written with Eugene Levy and um, the, the outline was. And so, yeah. And then we meet and we talk about our characters ahead of time. And uh, there's a whole process with that. And then when we when we film, 
Christopher does very long takes of uh, scenes that we improvise. And then afterwards he may go, well, it's, you know, the next time around, I love this and I love this. Maybe you don't have to mention that so much. And so, you know, they kind of each take, maybe will get a little bit shorter, but they all are, are improvised and then, you know, cut together later in editing to that's a, awesome. a shorter film. But yeah. Um, that's, that's how he works. And it's, it's challenging, but, but really fun. And the weird thing is on any of these movies, because after we did this one, we did a movie called a mighty wind. And after that, there's a movie called for your consideration. And after that a movie called mascots. So they're all sort of the same way that we did this one, but you'll see them and you'll go like, I don't even remember saying that, you know, it's, it's <laughs> really weird. That part of it. As I recall, there was 60 hours of footage that he edited through to uh, put together the movie. I assume so. Which, I mean, it's crazy, yeah. but yeah, that's how he works. So these things, you know, it takes forever to edit them um, because, uh, and weirdly, uh, you know how with movies, a lot of times they'll do, you know, focus groups and all of that and shopping malls or what have you, or they'll do it. Right. In, and, and people fill out forums and all of that. And uh, he has all of his famous comedy friends get together. So like Steve Martin and those guys, all of his peers tell him what they think. And he's married <laughs> to Jamie Lee Curtis. And he once told me that because I said, like, is there anyone you trust more than anyone else to give you, you know, their honest opinion? He goes, oh. Jamie, Jamie Lee always tells me I, I, you know, she's the last word on these movies. So that's pretty oh, wow. cool. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that would be, I think, I think it's a much better way to go because it really shines through, especially in this movie. It, uh, there is so little wasted. I wouldn't even say there's a wasted like second in here. Everything just feels very deliberate and very well thought out as to why it's in the movie and listening to the commentary track. It does kind of go over that too, of just, it took, you know, how many months it took to edit and parse everything down to get the final thing. And even seeing some of the deleted scenes in there, I was like, oh, man, it's like I would have liked a lot of those deleted scenes in there. But at the same time, it's like this movie is just so tight and just hits and hits and hits and hits that. Yeah, I, I think obviously, you know, I'm a guy who does a dumb video game movie podcast. I shouldn't uh, really ever think like, oh, well, Christopher Ghost, maybe you should do this because, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm where I, I'm at and he's where he's at. And yeah, and th- th- like I said, this movie is just note for note, like one of the, one of my favorite movies. Yeah, it, it really, and I think it hit a chord because every, you know, all of us have, 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 or had a pet and uh, we all love our dogs or our cats or whatever they are. And um, so it, I think that kind of made it a little bit extra special too. And all the dogs in the movie, by the way, um, with the exception of our dog, the the Weimariner are, mm-hmm. were, um, uh, show dogs. So they all, they all competed in, you know, in dog shows and our Weimariner used to compete in dog shows and then became trained for the movies because our dog acts up a couple of places in the movie. It, it jumps up on mm-hmm. me. Um, and the owners of the regular show dogs did not want their dogs ever learning bad behavior. So they didn't want to use their dogs for that purpose. So our dog gotcha. was, was kind of the only one that knew how to do the show dog stuff, but wasn't currently competing in, in that world. Isn't that cool? That's amazing. Oh, yeah. That's so cool. It's Yeah, it really is. And I remember going backstage where all the dogs were kept, you know, because we shot this in a in Vancouver in a, a stadium. 
and they, you know, the backstage part was underneath the, the stadium. And I thought, oh, it's going to be like a kennel down there with all those dogs. You didn't hear a peep because they're all, you know, they're all just, they're show dogs. So they're, they look at their owner and they're concentrating on their owner or their, you know, mm-hmm. the, uh, their trainer. Um, and it's, you know, they're there to do their thing and they're, they're very well-trained dogs, including to not barking backstage. So yeah, it was wild. You know, and that is, that is something that uh, Christopher Guest brought up in the commentary track was that there is only one instance of a dog barking throughout that whole movie. <laughs> Basically that wasn't uh planned effectively in a, like a background scene in, in um, like one of the backstage parts. I was just like, when he pointed it out, I was like, Oh my God, he's right. Like outside of Beatrice acting up that one point, like there was like, or the, those two points, like there really was no instance of the dogs barking ever. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, yeah, it was. And, and, and then you were brought, you brought up the thing about the, Busy Bee freak out. When I freaked out with Parker backstage uh, mm-hmm. about go get Busy Bee and all of that and, you know, don't look at anybody but me, uh, that was the first <laughs> show. That's the first thing shot with all the dog owners and the dogs. That was the first thing they shot. And, <laughs> and they were, and the producer of the film, Karen Murphy and Christopher, were mortified that the the dog owners were going to walk out because they thought the whole movie, because we didn't, you know, they didn't want the people to think that we were making fun of dog owners and dog Mm -hmm. show people. And so Parker and I had to go around. They said, you go around and you tell them that, you know, you're the villains of this piece. And and we did, we went around and said, no one else is like this. It's just us. How are you? My name is Michael. You know, my name is Parker. And like to, you know, to make sure people stuck around. So yeah. Um, Anyway, they probably shouldn't have filmed our scene first, but that's because it was improvised. They didn't know that's what was going to happen. You know what I mean? And I didn't know that was going to happen. At what point did you decide you were going to go into the dog kennel completely? I I just thought, oh, why not? I think halfway when I was halfway in, I thought, well, I'm almost there. Let's keep going. See if I fit. Yeah, that was absolutely like one of my favorite scenes of yours. Just like the, just completely selling, just going to the dog kennel. I don't see busy me. Oh yeah, I that's that was such a crazy scene, and then and that was also impro. If you see it again, one of the times I almost broke character was we're kind of going at each other, and she at one point goes, "You're spitting on me," which I did. I accidentally did because I was talking so fast, <laughs> you know, the phlegm's flying out of your mouth, and I and I remember yeah. at the time I went, "Oh no, I think I just spit on her," and then she said it, and then I. <laughs> <laughs> and that's in the film. So I was like, yeah, whoops, sorry. Sorry, Parker. Um, <laughs> didn't mean to do that. <laughs> but yeah. Now you got prop braces and Parker just went whole hog and got real braces, correct? Yeah, they we got them by the same orthodontist. There was an orthodontist uh-huh. in Beverly Hills who, you know, made mine. They, were, they fit on two retra- retainers. And then she had a tooth she kind of wanted straightened out. So she thought, well, why not just put them on? And honestly, I kind of, and I'd already had braces as a kid. So I thought, well, I don't need my teeth straightened. But those mm-hmm. dumb retainers are, were so hard to talk with because oh, you, know, yeah. you lisp. And so I had to wear them at least three weeks before we started to kind of get used to talking with them. I should have just right. got real braces. If I was going to do it again, that's what I would do. <laughs> but I still have those braces. They're in my drawer in my bathroom. So, wow. yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, that's a zero. I, I, if I were you, I would think I would have taken Busy Bee, not the braces. <laughs> Busy Bee got lost. I don't know who has Busy Bee. It's um, oh, no. nowhere to be found. 
I don't just know. A prop, just a prop uh, closet somewhere at this point, probably. <laughs> just yeah. Locked up. Yeah. But the braces were, yeah, they were kind of my, I don't know. I mean, they looked, obviously they looked fun and all of that, but boy, they were hard to talk with. And um, I was at times just frustrated as hell with them, but it all worked out. So it had, it added to the character because I, did you all have braces growing mm-hmm. up? Did you have braces? Some of you? I did not. I did not. No one? Okay. Well, when you, I remember at, no. <laughs> as a kid, when I had them, you, you, you kind of don't want to show your mouth, you know, you kind of want to hide them. Mm-hmm. And I found mm-hmm. myself doing that again. It, it's so strange. Oh. <laughs> you know, what's funny. You point that out. I was watching, I was watching you and like, I couldn't remember like immediately when I watched the movie again um, yesterday, I was like, does he have braces? I swear he had braces. And then it finally like kind of came through eventually. I was like, he does. I was like, oh, he's doing that thing yeah. where you hide them when you're talking. Yeah, okay. You, do. you hide them. It, it's almost, maybe it was because I had them as a kid and it just went back to what it was like. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Like muscle memory. Yeah. yeah. You kind of just don't want people to know, but it fit in with our, our characters because our characters were that, that came up when Parker and I went in to meet Christopher as we were talking about the characters and, that they, you know, were in love with catalogs and all of, you know, so we were sort of so strange, but, um, and then he said, what if you two had braces? And it kind of fit the, it just, to me, that's sort of when the puzzle of our characters kind of came together. It's like adults who, you know, for whatever reason are now taking care of things that normally get taken care of when they're teenagers. So they're trying to, you know, they're trying to look good and trying to, you know, their, their appearance is everything. And, mm-hmm. um, and that's also like, we had like the sharper image stuff in our home. We got to, and what was really fun about his, <laughs> his direction is that we picked out all that stuff. We got to go oh, through sharper image you know, the catalogs and say, oh, we want this, this, and this in the house. And they went and got it. And same thing with our clothes. We went shopping at um, Banana Republic and J. Crew in different places. And and the costume uh, designer came with us. And we'd say, we like this and we like that. And she picked it out. And yeah, isn't it? It's, it's, it was so much fun. And my hair, I, I told the hair people that my character fancies himself Matthew Perry and we completely oh, oh, God. I have the exact hair that Matthew Perry would have had in <laughs> we styled it and colored it and it looks you know and no one know, knew that but me it's never mentioned or anything but I thought this guy thinks he looks like Matthew Perry so we just we just copied his hair um yeah it was so crazy but it was really fun and Parker if you watch her again all of her clothes are very pettable they're very mm-hmm. um, almost the color of our of our Weimariner, um, and she did that on purpose too. So it's it was it was all about appearances with us, you know, and looking. That did come up in the commentary track that the wardrobe was matched to the dog a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and I, I assume that happened with other people too, but with us, it was definitely part of the deal. Um, but and he does that with all of his movies. We get to, you know, really talk to costumers and mm-hmm. hair and makeup and all that stuff. Where on most things, that is not the way it works. So um, it's such a treat when that is, you know, happening again. Because usually it's like, put this on. 
Okay. Yeah, you just told what's where. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, not it's not that it's not that abrupt, but it's it can be. <laughs> so anyway, John, we had talked about uh, one of your uh, favorite scenes of the <laughs> where you like immediately suspected that like this is improv. And yeah, uh, why don't you why don't you go tell Michael about what scene that was? I, the the scene that I was like, okay, they're improving a lot of this was it was it was middle of the movie, but it was when Parker is looking for the busy bee in the room with the hotel manager. Yeah, and uh-huh. she screamed. He told her that it's down. There's a pet store downstairs, or whatever. Specifically, he said, and she goes, "What are you, some kind of genius, some kind of wizard?" I'm like, "No one wrote that line." Yeah. So, uh, that popped out of her yeah. mouth. I mean, all of them. Yeah, did. that was. I would have. I would have broke character so fast if she, if she said that to me because because it would have it would caught me off guard so so badly. She she also uh, has a very funny one about that's not a bee. It's a a bear in a bee costume. Yes, yes. <laughs> that, that scene is great. So that scene is great. Funny. Yes. Oh, it's so funny. Yeah. That's... <laughs> and then she takes the parrot. And then, oh. <laughs> oh. Purple. Yeah. <laughs> I forget what you said oh, exactly. It was a purple bird or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> in a weird bit of uh, Kinsmith, too, um, that actor is uh, Hiro Kanagawa, and he actually was in the King of Fighters movie we yes, just did was. fairly recently. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so. I love that. So since we he maybe that was shot in Canada then, your the movie. You're oh, it was. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That whole cast is uh, like if, if you go and watch it, it's like oh this is a Canadian movie. Like clearly this is a yeah. Canadian movie. They just sort of have a feel to them at times. Unfortunately, um, you know it, it wasn't a great feel for this for that one just because it was a video game movie and it wasn't very good. So but, yeah, yeah, most of the cast from Best in Show came from the states, but there were a few Canadian actors in it and. Um, they were all really cool people. We all stayed. Uh, there's a there's a hotel in um, Vancouver called the Sutton Place Hotel, which is sort of famous where actors just stay when they're in town. And at that mm-hmm. time, it was sort of the height of uh, movies being shot in, in Vancouver. And I remember seeing oh so many people. Sean Penn, I saw. I saw Arnold Schwarzenegger. Wow. Um, uh, what's his name? Doc from Back to the Future. I mean, just you know, it just you'd just be like, I'm. Oh, more Christopher people, Lord, yeah. yeah, more people here than in in L.A. And it was just so strange. I think my favorite line from that scene is as she's storming off, and just the the whole like, you, you stupid hotel manager. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And then there's that whole like the the maid, and this is something Christopher Guest brought up in the commentary track. But her and the maid screaming at each other that you couldn't. <laughs> make out what they're like yelling at each other basically like you catch, you catch a few words here and there and but it's like n- nobody writes movies like that that is that, that is just something that because you know you can't understand what the characters are saying because they're yelling over each other so it's just one of those instances where it's, he said it's just like you just let them go and let them have at it because it was just a lot of fun it's just nice to see something that doesn't normally make it into a movie because again it makes it hard to understand but i think it sold it all the more than <laughs> just how funny it was yeah, everybody kind of brings their own little thing to the party with his movies. And I think once he's casted, he sort of allows people to do what they do. One of his big things, one of his big no-nos, um, which I totally agree with, is he when you're improvising, like, don't do jokes. Don't try to think of punchlines. Just play the character, and that's what's where the humor's going to come from. It's going to come mm-hmm. from the truth of the character. And the only exceptions to that are like, Fred Willard's character in that movie. Um, <laughs> yes. Oh my god, I've, I've wanted to talk about him for so like, long. Tells, yes, yes, tells yes, a right. ton of jokes because that was his character, and I know they said that in the I, in that commentary about the movie. But um, the the Jim Pittock, who plays the other commentator, was told to you know bone up on as much dog information as you can, 
and Fred was told <laughs> to, to learn absolutely nothing. Um, go, go out of his way to not learn yeah. anything. Yeah, isn't that crazy? So that's how, yeah, that's how it went. It was like, because that's sort of based on real life where I think there was a dog show once where a sports broadcaster had to do color commentary with somebody who knew everything there was about dogs. And it was just so oh. weird that Christopher wanted to try to you know pay homage to that crazy thing. So I, I, don't, I don't remember what, you know, real thing he's referring to, but it did happen in real life somewhere at some point. And Fred is, you know, he's, I miss him so much. He's so funny and yeah. such a true gentleman. I mean, I can't even tell you what a kind man he was. That's what I was um, going to ask if he's as kind as I, as I, as oh, I think he is. Basically, so yes. kind and so cool and hilarious. And um, yeah, just, I love him. You know, just he—he's my favorite part of the movie. Yeah. I have to say, he—he he, just the just the pure rapid fire of of his jokes. I know. Um, <laughs> is, it was it's it was really impressive. It was <laughs> very every, impressive. everything he said, everything it's, he said was funny. Absolutely, I mean it's yeah. it's crazy like how funny he was, and they shot that fairly quickly. I think it was only a few days. They oh wow did his stuff because of someone's schedule. I think it was Jim Pitt. It could only be in the States. He's, I think it's, he was shooting something else somewhere else. And, um, but anyway, it was, uh, yeah, it was really, God, they were funny. Really, really funny. I loved every part of it. And another thing that I, I don't know if he mentioned in the thing, but because the dogs were show dogs, mm-hmm. you would mm-hmm. hear some of the, the show dog people say like, well, I understand this is a movie, but there's no way that that dog would get second place or third place. Our, my dog would have. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So there was oh. all that was going on too. And not that they were crazy. I don't mean that. They were just, you know, they were looking at the dogs and going like, well, that dog clearly would not have come in second place. Um, it would have been yeah, mine. Yeah. Um, and, the, and then... Dog show people are a little bit intense though. My, my aunt does like agility courses with dogs and she's got uh, like six... Border Collies now, and it's like a little bit different because it's agility courses, but but like she has an RV, she drives her RV to the dog shows all around um, oh, the wow. southern United States with her five dogs. <laughs> like they're oh, really wow. intense. It's a whole giant community of people. Oh, it's a whole see thing. the same people at every single show. Oh, it's a huge to-do. <laughs> yeah, for sure it is. And they, um, I know when Jane Lynch and uh, Jennifer Coolidge met their poodle, I think Jane went down to pet the poodle and the woman... <laughs> very quickly said you can't do that because it would dent the fur because those poodles are all yeah they're all it's all they're all sprayed and if you dented it they'd have to start all over again oh, you know gosh. like shampoo the dog blow dry it puff it out so yeah you just our dog luckily was because it was a movie dog we could pet it and everything but even then the the dog kind of just paid attention to the trainer, didn't really give us, mm-hmm. you know, much mind at all. Um, it was, you know, slightly looser than the other ones, but not much. Um, but yeah, it's, it was a whole other world with those, with those dogs. They were saying, and this was not the case there, but they, they're saying that sometimes if a dog's coloring isn't exactly pristine, the, the people walking the dog will wear, a similar color to make it look like it's supposed to be that way or oh, wow. even they'll even do like little dog um, 
toupees is kind of the wrong word, but <laughs> where you kind of glue in fur that's missing. You know what I mean? Like, oh, wow. um, if it's slightly whatever. I mean, they do all those little tricks, which is fascinating, I think. My wife worked for Petco for a little while while she was watching this with me yesterday. Said, "Oh my God!" She's like, "I'm having flashbacks. These are what these dog owner or these dog show owners are like." <laughs> well, they were. Uh, was, yeah, it's. Uh, she told me it's like it's like these are very much caricatures, but yeah, this is about what I dealt with when night when they would come in. I was like, "Oh boy." <laughs> well, it's a whole it's a whole world. That's for sure. Vanessa, John, do you guys have a specific moment that this movie like just caught you? For me, I'll I'll give you guys a second to think about it. For me, it was when Michael, you and Parker were talking to the therapist, and you look over and the dog is on the little couch. Uh huh. I was like, okay, I'm in. I'm in. This this dumb little visual gag that did not need to be there. I'm like, I'm in. This is perfect. <laughs> yeah, I think I was in. I was in from the start. I have to say, like, it was. Just, first of all, I didn't. I didn't know it was a mockumentary going in. I didn't really <laughs> read up on it. I was like, oh, a, and I, way and to find I, out. then I realized it was a Christopher Guest thing, and I was like, oh, okay. Now, now I know what to expect. And uh, yeah, I was. Uh, once I saw the, in the interview with you and uh, or they interviewed the therapy session, <laughs> Olivia and Parker, I was I was definitely hundred percent hundred percent in. Yeah, it was um, yeah. I think the, the one of the stranger scenes with us was when I'm on the treadmill and the dog's on the treadmill too. Um, <laughs> I, mean, I did love that. All too. those little things like that. I just you know I love that. That's all Christopher. That was you know his genius doing. All, oh, I know what I was going to say. Um, one thing that didn't make it in the movie and kind of, and it, you know, cause we were kind of at each other, you know, more than obviously the other couples, but part of the reason was, and it didn't make the movie, uh, Parker's character loved to smoke weed. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and, and so there were scenes like, you know, when we're going to go down to the party, like, please, please don't get high before we go to the party, please. And she's, <laughs> and they had to cut all that to, to get the rating to like a PG or something like that. If it had been like a PG 13, or if they kept in uh, her, her weed smoking. And so part of our tension got, got left on the cutting room floor um, because it was all about the weed. <laughs> I mean, there was so, so much tension already. Ah, <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. It was... There was a scene in the deleted scenes in the, uh, in the show or in the, in the Blu-ray release uh, that it was the two of you, talking about like your familial history <laughs> and you're kind of like nudging each other very uh tension filled I, I guess is the best way to put it um you know and the apple doesn't fall far from the tree <laughs> yeah i think i said um it was actually a phrase my father always said which is like a dirty bird shits in its own nest <laughs> yep, I, yep, yep. I heard i heard all the time growing up and i thought like what does that even mean but <laughs> it's like yeah and so anyway we heard that like that was a big family phrase and i, I remember saying that and that is in the deleted scene but yeah we were quite nasty in that deleted scene i can see why we kind of they took it out yeah i think it would have added a little too much tension to the relationship (laughs) like it went from like tension to just uncomfortable like oh god these two don't like each other oh oh oh, and my my character at one point also checked out christopher's jacket to see if it was um you know if it was designed llb llb (laughs) and it wasn't but that i'll tell you where that (laughs) came from that happened to me in college where I had, I was wearing a sports jacket, and some fraternity asshole came up and checked, you know, grabbed the back of my jacket and to see what brand it was. And I, and I always remember that. And I thought, like, 
Hmm. Well, I'm going to use it in this. <laughs> so, yeah, it's so weird what you remember and what you use later in life. But yeah, someone actually yeah, did that, like would just come up and check out what brand you're wearing. I just thought it was so weird. So anyway. Yeah, I mean, that's very different than just seeing somebody's T-shirt and being like, oh, and judging them on that versus coming up and spinning your your collar up to yeah, see what label. To see what label it is. It's like, right. Yeah. And it wasn't like a friendly thing. It wasn't like, oh, what are you, you know, where did you get that? It wasn't that. <laughs> it was just more like, ew, you know, whatever brand it could have been. Um, but yeah, how strange. But mm-hmm. Vanessa, I'm sorry, we sort of uh, skim- skimmed over you there. Was um, there a particular oh. part in this that you were very much like, okay, this is where I'm in? No, mine's, pretty, mine, mine's pretty much the same. Pretty much after like a, probably after the first like a, like the four little little scenes where you meet all the characters. Uh, I love the mockumentary, and then like again, like the, the cast is just star set. It's just every single scene. There's like a new, another really famous person, and it's just amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I love Catherine O'Hara so much, and like her scenes with Eugene, just every one of them. I just uh, so good. Oh, yes, and she's always amazing, and like I. Just love her. And I love that she, she has a trick knee. So later when her knee goes out, that's she can do that. <laughs> so that was oh. like, oh, I can do this. So why not? You know? I, you know what? I actually wanted to ask about that because like that scene when after after he wins and she's coming up on the sh- on the show floor and her knee is just everywhere. I was like, oh, yeah. my God. Like as a guy who's, you know, had two knee surgeries, like that just looked horrifying to me. Like, oh, my God, how did she do that? <laughs> like she could do it. And so she did. You know what I mean? I just that's what I <laughs> Everybody has their little party tricks, and that was one of her. Mm-hmm. Like, why not? You know, and I'm sure I don't know if you yeah. all watch Shit's Creek, but like, she plays drunk oh, yeah. better than anybody. And like, it was, I mean, I <laughs> love her so much, and she's so cool, yeah, she's, so nice. Yeah, yeah, she's amazing in Shit's Creek. That's been, I've, I've been re watching that again. It's just so, so oh, funny. So funny. It was fun in the sense of I knew Jennifer Coolidge, she was in the groundlings with me, so I knew her already. Um, and I worked with Parker, like on Waiting for Guffman and what have you. But like, because we were all away from home, we would spend time walking around the parks of Vancouver together. And mm-hmm. like either Jane or me or Parker, or, you know, Coolidge or what have you. And um, and then what we also would do, which was very nice, uh, the whole cast would get together in the evening and watch the dailies, watch, you know, what we'd shot. And they mm-hmm. this like you know Chinese food or something, and um, so it was it was really nice kind of familial, you know, thing that you don't get if you're filming in L.A. or something. Everybody just goes home. Yeah. So um, yeah. so you give, you give guys more of a chance to bond together, which I think even sold the movie even more. Yeah, it did. It was it was quite quite lovely to be with all those folks, and that's what's so fun about doing another one is getting to see them all again because people live, you know, different parts of the country. So mm-hmm. that's, that's really fun to get, get together again. Johnny, you were going to ask something. Oh yeah. I just, uh, when you brought up Catherine O'Hara, it reminded me, uh, when, uh, her and, uh, Eugene get to, uh, the, was it the Miller's house, uh, Max Berman his house. Uh, and he greets her around kissing by making out with her. Was that, was that in the script or was that ad libbed as well? Oh, I'm was sure that... it was ad libbed. I don't, I can't imagine. Yeah, cause, cause I think cause her face afterwards was, it felt like genuine, like, <laughs> like, uh, I, I, like, I can actually yeah. answer that because it's on the commentary. That was, uh, ad libbed and first take. Yes. It's, <laughs> so. it's it, the time. It was, it was a great timing. It was just really good timing. Yeah. Um, 
I I mean, there's there's very little. And sometimes with those, when we did Waiting for Guffman, which was the first one of that Christopher directed, I remember seeing a script or the outline, and it would say like, you know, the character does an interview, and I thought, okay, well, Christopher will ask me questions and I'll answer. And then it wasn't like that at all. It was just like, kind of like, okay, go. And you're like, oh. Um, and so, yeah, that's when all the improv training kind of kicks in. But um, yeah, it was, it's 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 a strange little thing, that world. Yeah, it kind of felt like, um, and what worked for me, the comedy-wise, was that every every group or every duo had like a core joke that they were or a core tenant for their characters that they were that they just built off the for the entire movie just adding little bits into it mm-hmm. like your your guys's uh marriage tension that you uh, <laughs> superimpose onto the dog <laughs> or uh, or Catherine O'Hara and Eugene Levy uh Catherine O'Hara's uh her past coming up uh, multiple times throughout the movie just uh in like different in like really funny subtle ways uh some or subtle, some not some so not. subtle. Yeah, yeah. I'm like not Fred, Fred Willard specifically. <laughs> it looks familiar. That's all you get from Fred Willard. That was funny. Um, and then, yeah, I just I, I loved that aspect of like or uh, Christopher Guest character, like him, him finding different way, different outlets in life as opposed to just wanting to be a fisherman, a, a fisherman, uh, and selling fish, and then like yeah, leading to like knowing about nuts or that run is just crazy. <laughs> yes, yes. So. Yeah, I, I love all that stuff. It's um, it yeah, it's it's fun to see what people are gonna do with their their partners and all of that. It's 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 really really fun. Ah, oh, memory lane. <laughs> Guys, um, do you have any particular lines that really stood out for you? Um, one of my favorites was when uh, Stefan and Scott are watching Rhapsody's victory there, and uh, oh. Rhapsody's got two moms <laughs> when Jane Lynch and uh, Jennifer Coolidge start making out. At the very beginning, when Parker is talking about them having uh, uh, using the Kama Sutra, and mm-hmm. she says there's a, a position that was very emotionally, what was it? I forget what she says. Uncomfortable, she said. I think. Yeah, it was like really upset, like deeply upsetting to her. Just the way she says it was very, was very funny. Um, and then they, that, gets, that gets brought up again, too. For me, I think it was probably like when you two, you and Parker were discussing like the coffee and it's just like, so like, you know, you're getting off track just talking about like what kind of coffee you're drinking. And now, you know, now I'm, now I'm like a caramel mochiato person. Yep, you are. Well, that was actually the one I did like. And then the, and then the whole Starbucks thing that we met at, you know, the Starbucks. (laughs) Is that for Starbucks? Yeah. Yeah, across the street from each other. That was, came from real life because where we shot it there, that literally in Vancouver, there, there was a Starbucks kitty corner from another one. Um, so that you didn't have to walk across the street if you wanted Starbucks. I mean, it was crazy. <laughs> uh, and that's where that came from because it was we saw it, you know, on one of our. Walks. Well, that's awesome. So that's awesome. Yeah. That, that that joke is really funny. Yeah, <laughs> and it wasn't. Yeah, that, so that that's real life. I mean, it was. Um, yeah, and weirdly, that all holds up because there's more Starbucks now than anywhere. It seems, you know, but um, yeah, it's it's uh, crazy. Crazy, crazy. Another one of my favorite little, um, I don't want to say bits, but sort of like thing of like Stefan and Scott decorating their hotel room and Scott, the kimono thing. I think the kimono thing was just so well done. It's like you're already, it's like we're only going to Philadelphia for 48 hours. We don't, you don't, or and you already have seven kimonos. Oh, 
well, here's eight. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just throws another one. It's like, what? <laughs> like, what? John Michael Higgins, um, he he, because we all had to train, you know, to show dogs. Uh, those mm-hmm. of us who you know did the thing, he was he went to a dog show to observe, and somebody's trainer fell out, and he, I'm sure they mentioned this in the thing, he he walked the dog, and they won. So, oh no, they, yeah. I, I don't think they actually did mention that in the commentary. Yeah. Wow. That's, so that really that's happened. Yeah. He was, you know, he was really good at it. Um, it's not crazy. It is. I, what, I think one of the uh, sillier bits of his too is uh, in the, I, I think it's just in the final, or the, the final competition portion there where he's got the um, comb in his sleeve. <laughs> just, oh yeah. Just random comb in his sleeve. Just like, wh- why is that there? <laughs> Because it was probably practical for some reason, you know what I mean, um, for the dog. But I don't know. But was it for him? And I, I think it was his because it looked like a, it was like a person brush, like okay. a human. Like, I mean, you're you're talking to a guy who hasn't had hair for a long time, so uh, <laughs> I couldn't tell you for sure. But he just needed it, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I just think it was a nice little gag that and. Um, they pointed it out in the commentary track, but the three clocks in the hotel room are or in the hotel lobby are all set to Eastern time. It's <laughs> New York, Boston, and I forget what other city it is, but all three of them are just New York or just Eastern standard time. <laughs> it's just like, what, why is that? Okay. That's funny. Yeah. Just, it's just, I mean, just dumb things that you'd see, you know, the second or third time around is pretty great. Or you saw it the first time around. Um, yeah, that's funny. And Ed Bagley Jr. as the uh, hotel clerk is really funny, too. I mean, all that's uh, – it's just – yeah, he's he's great. Oh, yeah, he played a really good a really good mm-hmm. straight man in all of his scenes. And yeah. was, uh, uh, when he put him uh, – that scene where he puts him in the utility closet is very funny. <laughs> yeah. And I was going to ask you, is that, were there any scenes filmed in the utility closet? Or is it just it, you did, just uh, the one gag that was that was wanted? Because it was still very funny without even showing him living in the – Closet at all? I, I, I you know what? I don't know. I don't know about that. Okay, I can't remember. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a really good gag. Yeah, that is a good gag. I think Eugene Levy's line of like, do I just tell them we're in, uh, you know, in room utility closet? <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll make the staff aware of your presence. Also, Ed Begley describing how they cleaned up all the dog messes was uh, the different, the different, the different uh, things that were really good for it was really funny too. Yeah, he's. He's a character. I really like him so much. Oh, God. That was a fun movie to do. And weirdly, that's of the Chris Getz movies, that one I think has done better than the other ones by far. And the reason is because of dogs. I mean, you know, people mm-hmm. really, really relate. Because um, the one after that was about folk music. And it literally was up for an Academy Award for Best Song even though the songs are supposed to be kind of takeoffs on folk music, but it really was good music. Um, but yeah, that this one seemed to resonate more than the other ones um, because of the subject. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Now you mentioned the, uh, the dogs being show dogs. Um, I actually got their show dog names. If you want me to run down some, <laughs> which I thought were very odd. Um, Rhapsody in whites is a uh, Excel's Desi does it with pizzazz. <laughs> um Tyrone the Shih Tzu is uh Cimarron's Red Hot Kisses. Wow. Um Agnes the Shih Tzu is Rapture's Classic. Wow. 
the blood or yeah, Hubert's uh, name is Quiet Creek. Stand by me. Jeez. Um, Winky is Urchin's Brillo. Brillo. <laughs> Brilo. I don't. Yeah, it's B R Y L L O. And um, Beatrice actually had one too, and that is uh, Arrowcat Echo Bar. Take me dancing. <laughs> what? Which? But that was yeah. real name. Uh, well, their show name. They had names that they would respond oh, to outside of their name. But that so, was their show names, yeah. Well, because <laughs> I know is... Beatrice in real life, the dog's name was Pe- was Peaches. But oh, okay, um, yeah, it wasn't some weird. I've never heard that before. I wonder if that's just yeah. This is. Hmm. I, I did get this on Wikipedia, so you know, take it with the uh, you know forty pound bag of salt of the truth of what that might be. But yeah. I did find it very funny that these might actually be true because it does also seem like well, this does seem sort of like these weirdo kind of names that they might uh, attribute to their dogs. But those are like names longer than like like horse names. You know what I mean? Yes, racehorse. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Which now, also know. have a very comedic bent to them with, if, yeah. if you get a good owner. Right, <laughs> so. right, right. Yeah, I didn't. I never heard that. I mean, Beatrice's. I've never heard that in my life. So, I'd have. Huh. To, I'd have to do. Yeah, they did bring up Peaches. Was her name? I believe in the uh, Wikipedia part. I was reading oh. that, but then they went over the um, their show name, Canadian like show name or whatever, or champion name or whatever it was. Huh. I was just like, wow, that's well, that's that's something. Okay, let's get to some quick questions here. What happened to Beatrice with you guys after? Um, did you just did did, did you two just get rid of her or <laughs> uh, did she? Uh, <clears throat> Uh, go visit somebody's farm or something like that. <laughs> I, I, I don't want to say we got rid of her. We traded her in for a better dog. <laughs> okay. Well, when you put it so eloquently and, uh, and yeah. compassionately, I think, okay. But I That's love fair. that part of the characters. It's so on brand for them. Like, well, she yeah. didn't work out. Oh, absolutely. We're just getting a new one. Um, yep. I'm sure we gave them to a nice, loving home, Beecher. <laughs> but. Beatrice did ruin our lives, at least that week. <laughs> What's her emotion? Really ruined your sex life. Yes. <laughs> so we got a new she one. She's just so emotionally distraught all the time. Yes. <laughs> but that's it's very, nice. but that happens, you know, people like, I don't know what happened. Yes. That happened all the time after COVID, you know, people got their, their comfort dog during COVID and then just gave it back when they had to go back to work, which is sad, you know. I have a friend who shares Facebook posts from, but a bunch of our shelters out here in um, Albuquerque and yeah, they're all well over capacity and just cannot take it. Yeah. Los just, Angeles. Same yeah. thing. Yeah. I mean, I get it in the sense that, you know, you have to go back to work and you can't what have you, but still it's wow. It's rough. Yeah. But, but yeah. Beatrice deserved to be traded in. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. She was a bad, I'm just kidding. She was a bad dog. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Well, the, the good news is all these dogs are probably long dead at this point. It's <laughs> dark, Jason, but also very true. <laughs> well, you know, well, if you think about it, every every single episode of Last that you watch is like, well, that dog's long dead. That, that dog's oh, yeah. deader than hell at this point. Yeah, I don't remember the so. last time I watched Last Seat, but I guess, yeah. Last Seat. <laughs> uh, a real bummer. Yeah, they had different Last Seats that did different, yeah, different stunts and stuff, so. Um, and as I recall, they actually had a... Um, um, a dog Merkin, if you will, because Lassie was actually a boy a dog boy, and yeah. it was supposed to be a girl dog. <laughs> so right. they kind of put a mer- little Merkin thing over him. So yeah. kind of cover that up. Okay. Um, guesses. What happened to Leslie, Jennifer's husband, after she saw, um, or after he saw the two of them making out? Is that why he's not in the rest of the movie? Because he dropped dead from that after that? <laughs> I don't, I I assume so, that, that he wasn't right for the world. Or he's still... 
you know, there's people with, you know, they, they're kind of have open relationships. So I think, you know, Jennifer was definitely, her character was fluid. So, you know, she kind of just went where the wind blew her. So yeah, mm-hmm. Leslie could very well be alive somewhere, but she just <laughs> did a different path for a while. See, I like to think that Leslie died, um, left, um, left her, left her all the money. And that's how the, uh, the, the magazine American bitch got started. <laughs> so funny. Yes. Yeah. I was just like looking at, cause it took a little while before they cut to show you. And it was when, um, Jane Lynch's character showed or said the name of the magazine, but you just see bitch in the background. You're like on the magazine cover. She's like, what is it? And it's like our magazine, American bitch. I was like, whoa, whoa, <laughs> yeah. whoa okay. That's little oh boy. That's funny. Um, I don't, yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. I, I'll, I'll have to ask them the next time I see them, what happened to Leslie. <laughs> <laughs> I would love, I would love to know what happened to that poor guy. So, okay. So we do have some listener questions here. You did answer what happened to one of them, but this uh, person, uh, Paris Fall on Reddit wants to know the, what happened to the braces that you and Parker Posey wore because they should be in the Smithsonian. Well, mine, I told you are in the bathroom. They're in yep. my drawer in the bathroom. And every <laughs> once in a while, I'll take them out and try them on. But um, <laughs> yeah, my teeth did a bit. So the lowest kind of work, the uppers, not so much. Um, and Parker's are, were taken off after the, you know, after the movie. So I assume they just went in the orthodontist dustbin. Oh boy, that's unfortunate. Yeah, they should be in the Smithsonian, absolutely. <laughs> so, okay, who made up the name Busy Bee for the dog toy? And that is another from Paris Fall. I did, or Parsi Fall. That you did. Okay, I love. I'm that. very that's proud a of good that. Name. Yeah, it's a good name. <laughs> I, I think in the outline it was called something else, but I just I don't know. I just that that Busy Bee just sort of makes me laugh, and I. Well, I don't know. Yeah, it's sort of like a, a romper good... room thing. Did you watch romper room as a kid? Yes. Um, didn't they oh God, well, Doobie. Doobie. Oh, it was Doobie. Doobie yeah. was the B. Yes. Doobie. Okay. Good. Well, I didn't rip off romper room too much then. Good. Yes. No, I absolutely not. Yeah. That was, that was probably every, before everybody's time um, on the, on the show uh, out of the three of us, but. Well, certainly John's time because he's <laughs> so... the youngest. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. By far yeah. easily. So I have a lot of life ahead of me. Yeah, I was gonna say. I was gonna say it, it's been more than ten minutes, John. We we should have brought yeah. that point up in case yeah. anybody forgot. <laughs> twenty eight guys, twenty eight. <laughs> hey, you're closer to thirty than twenty five now. So, uh, yep, getting there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and last question uh, from Parsi Fall. Uh, do you have any guidance for people who might want to make an improvised or partially improvised performance movie slash play? Uh, my advice would be to get people that are trained in it. Um. Then shoot a lot of footage because everything <laughs> that comes out of someone's mouth is not gold. So I think a lot mm-hmm. of times they think, oh, this will be easier, when in many ways it might be harder. It might be easier to just write a script um, because a lot of the movie is crafted in the editing room. But you need to get a good cast that can improvise. Yeah. And Christopher uh, Guest really searches around for those people like anything you there's a, a bit of training that that goes with that and um and experience and and not that you know people can't improvise because you can but it's just a lot easier if you know some of the rules of improvisation so if you get you know you don't get stuck in oh you know things that aren't going and there's ways to kind of get out of things out of problematic stuff for example mm-hmm. for those of you who've never 
you know, aren't familiar too much with improv. One of the basic rules, and this is not, not that you always have to follow it, but usually we agree. So that if you call me uncle John, I will agree that my name is uncle John, or, you know, you hand me something and you say it's a beer. I'm going to agree that it's a beer and not a soda, you know, that. So Michael, what you're saying is the first rule of improv is not no, but well, yes, <laughs> yes, and usually, and that and that gets broken all the time. Like if you watch, you know, if you watch Curb Your Enthusiasm, I think uh, his his whole character is kind of based on on saying no, but everyone mm-hmm. else is kind of working around that. So yes, you can absolutely break the rules, but it helps if you know the rules, so that yeah. if you want to break them, you can. But um, yeah, but yes, that would be the thing: get people that know how to improvise. And take I'll do a lot of takes and edit edit strongly, you know. So anyway, and maybe if you can't find good people to improvise, write it out instead, you know. And then maybe because on I've done I've done hybrid movies like on Bridesmaids, we definitely had a script, and then so we shot the scripted stuff, and then there was a writer on set that fed us new lines. So we did those and then we improvised. So we did all three things and then they picked in editing what they wanted. And the same thing with Barb and Star. Uh, so a lot of times comedy movies are kind of done that way too. Yeah. And some TV, usually not as much on TV because there's not time. Yeah. I was going to say the, the churn time on TV shows seems to be a little bit less forgiving than on a movie. Yeah. You got to, I mean, there's a, it's, there's a lot to do in a week. And um, so anyway, not that it isn't done, but most of the time there's not time to do it. Yeah. If that makes sense. All right. And then um, our uh, social media manager and somebody who's been on this podcast a few times and another person who's a friend of mine that I worked at GameStop with, but it was after Vanessa's time. So she didn't actually ever meet Jesse in person, but uh, our friend, uh, Jesse Obando, she's got a couple questions for you too. Um, I believe you answered before, but uh, were the dogs used all actually show dogs? Yes. All of them, except for Beatrice who used to be a show dog. Right. So she was retired, basically. She was out of the game because she was not a good dog, correct? Uh, well, no. <laughs> well, she had to learn that behavior. And so, yeah, that's why. Yeah. Did you get to choose what dog you wanted to work with? Um, no. And if you did, why did you choose the Weimar? Um, those, those were assigned to us uh, so okay. ahead of time. And I think, and honestly, I think originally we did not have a, I think in the Outline, it was a different dog. I can't think of what it is at the moment. But they switched it to a Weimariner for that very reason, that they found a movie dog that had also done show dog work. And they gotcha, couldn't gotcha. find that particular breed that was originally scripted um, that could do that. So, yeah. So, yes, we were, we were assigned the dogs. She just wants to know, how fun was it to be a part of the Toxic Karen couple? And if you had to choose to be another one of the characters, which one would you choose? And uh, any particular reason for that? Um, it was fun, except for, I think, I, I mean, Parker and I still to this day sort of look at each other a little oddly in that, because we did go there. <laughs> and it is a little, it, it's a little weird to have that kind of um, chemistry where there's a tension behind it. Um, mm-hmm. But I love her so much that, you know, um, it, but yes. So yeah, it, I, you know, you kind of get into that character, and it gets a little weird at times. Um, if I was going to do any other character, I've never been asked that before. Um, I liked my character, so I don't know if I would switch. Um, I might have been nicer a few more times, but um, <laughs> I liked my character. I mean, it, it weirdly just sort of 
happens. I don't know. I didn't ever attend. I'd never intended to be that intense, but it just sort of (laughs) the very first interview we did almost from the get go that we became that way. I don't know. Strange. Yeah, your your intensity in this movie is just A plus. <laughs> oh, thanks. Well, yeah, it's it's fun to do. It's it's fun <laughs> to be mad at times. I don't know if it's so great to be screaming in a dog's face. I'm a little ashamed of that. <laughs> Look at me! Look at me! Yeah, I'm, I didn't get bit right in the face. I mean, I really, I just, I didn't know that dog. I, that's the first day I met it. So, oh, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh God, yeah, that's the first thing. Were, were you worried? Were you worried at all about the dog, like interacting with the dog? <laughs> well, I think after that, I'm. I mean, I, when I see the film now and see how close my face was to, you know, Peach's mouth, I thought, "Ooh, boy, I, I was very lucky. I didn't get bit in the snout." But um, yeah. <laughs> As somebody who's a little biased as far as her uh, love of a certain dog breed, she wants to know, uh, which dog do you think is the cutest and why do you think it's the Husky? Oh, well, I think it's the Husky because um, <laughs> they're just adorable. And they're, you know, they're just, they're just the best by far. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not, particular, honestly, I'm not demon particularly, honestly, I'm not I'm not particularly attracted to Weimariners, oddly. I, um, I grew up with, Boston Bulldogs, that's a dog we had as a family like three times. So I love Mm -hmm. Boston Bulldogs to this day. I just think they're funny and silly and, you know, lovable and not that bright. But but I really I really (laughs) like them. Um, And I like Bulldogs and all that probably the most. But um, yeah, anyway. You see, Maria Banford actually has been a big uh, proponent of like, I think, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, Mike charity work for bulldogs oh really i think she had two or three of them at some point huh well nowadays i'd only get i I wouldn't get a a purebred anymore i would get yeah a rescue dog that's what i've had in the past so and they're great i had a a shepherd mix who was wonderful like so smart and great and you know uh, great great dog who ended up you know kind of dying of old age lasted six up till 16 years so good good life oh wow yeah yeah, I was gonna say it's a it's a good long life for a bigger dog. Mm-hmm. Gonna- Jesse uh, has a, a purebred husky. This is actually her Ooh. second one, and uh, we we jokingly go back and forth about them. I'll send her videos on uh, Instagram or whatever of just like how weird huskies can be sometimes. And um, she said, "Yeah, she's like they're they're delightful, but they're also demons." So. <laughs> Which yeah. everything I've seen about a husky, and then I just watched somebody like effectively like blow drying one and just the amount of fur that comes out of those dogs is like, oh, I oh bet. God, it's like you can make a whole dog out of that thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's, they are beautiful dogs though. Wow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've, we've got two very, not very old, but I mean, fairly old uh, purebred beagles. And it's definitely the last time because uh, one of them, she's got a bunch of uh, like tumors, but they're not cancerous. And then another one, she just has arthritis and kind of very like, takes very like small steps because it hurts kind of to like walk after after she's been asleep for a while so once she gets moving she's okay but it you know it's just arthritis in her kind of older age and then we've got this dog that i we just sort of ended up taking in from one of my wife's friends that she worked with that didn't want her anymore and or kind of didn't long story basically but uh, long story longer she kept the this person kept the dog in a crate constantly and we 
dog sat for it and i was like this this is not fair to this dog and i ended up paying the dude like a hundred dollars for the dog and he just happily took it and that dog's been ours since and she is a we cannot figure out what she is like long like a dachshund she's got like wiry fur like a like a terrier of some sort and she is just like sharp as a tack like that is the smartest dog i've ever seen and just looks at you with incredible intelligence and sometimes i'm like this dog is smarter than i am swell i mean a little bridge to uh to walk under and everything but still <laughs> oh that's cool yeah I, rescue dogs really are they're really i think they they're very happy that they're around and all that and but they say mm-hmm. you're supposed to crate train dogs now so you know i don't i don't know you know who knows yeah well they used to sleep in crates or we used to have them keep um sleep in crates but um as the beagles got older they started having a harder time like getting comfortable in a crate to sleep overnight so now mm-hmm that we have a, a considerably larger backyard than we used to. Um, they just, we just put um, these like cushions out there and they just sleep outside constantly. Oh, that's now. Nice. So they keep the raccoons yeah. out. The other one. Uh, <laughs> well, it's more the coyotes that we have to worry about around here. So, oh, okay. Yeah. We've got them around I, here. Too. Literally our first week in this house, I heard like um, there was some police sirens going by and heard these coyotes like howling back at it. And I went outside and there was like three coyotes in the Arroyo behind us. And I was like, Oh, cool. Wonderful. <laughs> Wow. Ooh, that's scary. Yeah. Yeah. Thankfully our fence is high enough and we have um sort of like rose bushes surrounding um the the walls that, that nobody's gonna really hop over it, but it's just like, oh boy, that's PG. So <laughs> Do you have a dog door? I also what if they big... got in? Oh no, we don't we don't have a dog door. The dog the dogs actually do not like coming inside very much. They'll come around, sniff around, and then go and just like sit there and paw at the screen door and just want to go back outside. So it's like okay. Are well, you a hoarder? That's fine. We'll just <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay. Well, I'm just trying to figure why they don't like to go inside. Do you smoke like the, it's be- are you are you like a big smoker? No, they just like being outside. It's right. I, I I haven't smoked since I was 21. So maybe you just have a bad. Ago. Maybe you just frown a lot or something, and they're scared of you. <laughs> oh, oh, I mean, clearly, I mean, I I do a, I do a podcast about video game movies, so I mean, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of sadness going on in this yeah. house all the times. So. Yeah. Okay. I'm just trying yeah. to figure it out. No, they'll hang around, but we also have cats. Like, we have two cats. So oh. it was one, but we have two cats. So uh, the, the two beagles were raised with the cats. And I'm sure this is fascinating for the listeners. But so <laughs> so they're okay with them. But it's just a matter of um, these two. One is a kitten we just got a month ago. Or no, like two weeks ago. And the other one is like seven years old that we rescued from our uh, neighbor that we moved away from. Who's a, you know, oh, that's nice. And, that's nice. Yeah. yeah. So. Good for you. Yeah, he every he'd, he'd get babies, uh, you know, either baby dog or baby cat, you know, kitten puppies. And as soon as they were, you know, even close to adults, it would just let them go outside and just never let them back in. And the cat just came up to us one day and my son, who's um, was probably like five at the time, was holding the cat by his back legs, like Ooh. drooped down like a scarf nearly. And he was just laying there just like, dun, 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 like not hissing, not fighting him or anything. I was like. Okay, well, this this cat clearly can hang around, so oh, <laughs> he's, that's he's very great. chill. That's funny. So, oh, I like that story. We had a we had a. We had a... Well, I'm, I hope our listeners did too. <laughs> well, you can always cut it out. People, people like <laughs> this. Listen to Michael, there's no probably about it. What? Oh, okay. <laughs> I said there's no probably about it. <laughs> you can move this into the the paid p- Patreon section and see what. There we go. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's what the people pay for, right? Yeah, right. You're, you're about your dog <laughs> and your cats. 
<sighs> okay, so I think, guys, do you have anything else you want to talk to Michael about? Because if not, we've been we've kind of kept you pretty long here, and I appreciate you coming on. I don't want to uh, wear out our welcome. <laughs> I do have one last question, um, and like half of our content, it's not about Best of Show. Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, of, of all the, the TV like roles you've had, is there like um, a show that you had like the most fun guest starring on? Oh, wow. Um, yeah, well, the one I had the most fun doing was a show called Trial and Error, which it I did season two of a show. It was for NBC. And it's um, I got to play uh, a character that was in jail, supposedly for murdering Kristen Chenoweth's husband. And I had a mohawk and I was just really right. <laughs> I've seen that on your Instagram. <laughs> um, character. And it was really fun to play. And for some weird reason, I was always supposedly taking off my clothes. So I was wearing this <laughs> nudie thing that they, you know, then blur out. <laughs> but it was super fun to do. And it was a show that it got really good critical acclaim. And um, and then it, 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 it only lasted two seasons. But it was, and it's sort of based on true life crime. And the, the first season was sort of based on the staircase. Um, and then the second season uh, was based on a, on a different true crime. Um, and so it was a comedy version sort of of that, but they would solve the mystery within the season. And it was, it was really fun to play that character. Um, and then I also played a really scummy televangelist on, uh, on black Monday for show for showtime, uh, last year. And that was fun because the character, uh, not only had a private jet, but he, stayed in his private jet all the time he just flew around <laughs> just, just almost never landed and i just thought that was very funny um and it was that was super fun to play and that was sort of loosely based on a televangelist who had a private jet who said he flies private jets because commercial jets are they, they what did he say he said like um are they're full of it's just a tube full of demons and so <laughs> So he had to fly in his private jet. That's how we justified that. But that was that was super fun to play. Yeah, it's I like playing the kind of the odd the odd ones. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Anyway, those are kind of the fun ones. I had fun on Glee. I played a a, a, a choir uh, teacher who had a deaf choir, and we competed <laughs> against um, the Glee kids in season one. And then my character popped back a few times after that. And That's he was fun. fun to play because he. It's a bit of a villain, but he was also very, very protective of his kids. Um, so that was fun. But anyway. Lee is so silly. It's like such a, like, it's just so, like, dramatic for no reason. I really, I really enjoyed Glee. I enjoyed back when it was on. <laughs> I like, I enjoy anything so where, funny. well, I, I enjoy it almost, you know, because high school, we all have such a, you know, just an emotional reaction to that time in our lives. So, um, Yeah. You know, we're, we're small problems. When you look back on them, you know, they're kind of small problems. But in high school, they're huge problems. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then exactly. there's also huge problems as well, you know, that you're dealing with. Um, so it's, uh, yeah. And it was a great group of people and very talented. There was nothing more fun than going to watch everybody sing and dance and just go like, wow, you know, and just know how much work they went into doing that, you know, several times a week. Because most most shows had at least four numbers in them, 
who is the funniest person you've ever worked with, Michael? Like, or who who all who could make you laugh the easiest? I guess if you, if you don't want like in in all your time working with people. Uh, oh my goodness! Is, is I have a out? few people like I mean Jennifer Coolidge is absolutely one of them because you never know, <laughs> you never know what's going to pop out of her mouth, and she's extremely funny in real life, um, and just yeah, I so she's absolutely at the top of the list. Um, John Michael Higgins is another one okay. from Best <laughs> Show. He's hilarious in real life. Um, those are probably a couple of my top two. Um, I'd have to think about it more because I know a lot of improvisers that most people, you know, they're not common yeah. names, but they make me laugh all the time. And then people like it from the past, like Bobby Lee, who uh, I know from the Mad TV days. Like if you ever see him do his stand up, oh my God, he'll do anything for a laugh. And I just love his, <laughs> his bravery. He's, he's just, he just goes there. And, and I really admire that about him. Um, Keegan-Michael Key, uh, Jordan Peele. Um, I admire Keegan because he's very funny, just quick. And I admire Jordan because he's brilliant, you know, brilliant writer. Um, yes, it always yes. was, you know, always was. So, yeah, those are probably my top ones. Awesome. Yeah. And Christopher Guest is a genius. Um, I, <laughs> yeah, I, I've, come, I've come to learn that. Yeah. 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 So, um, <laughs> And he's not necessarily like ha ha funny in real life, but he's because he's got a very dry wit. So sometimes you're not mm-hmm. sure if he's joking or not. That came across in the commentary track very oh, much. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Is he and, joking? Yeah. And so, um, but so, yeah, so that that's true too. But he's extremely <laughs> funny, but not necessarily like stand up funny, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, stand up is very like I don't want to say like I don't want to say point A to point B because I I dabbled in doing uh, stand up for a little while myself and just uh, did could not get over the stage fright of it particularly well. So I was like, well, this clearly is never going to work out for me. So yeah, but, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's, you know, improv and just funny in the bones are two different things. And I've seen people like I've seen like stand ups where I I've seen their act and I thought like, eh, they're okay, but not amazing. I'll see them a year later, same material. And they just because they've been on the road or they've been in the clubs for an entire year, they're mm-hmm. amazing and they're, they're clicking and they're great. Yeah. And so part of it's just practice, 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 practice and getting used to bombing and not, you know, and that happens with improv too, believe me, where you have to get over the hump of um, the failures, you know, because you, you do, you know, you fail a lot, especially at the beginning. And you have to kind of get over that and keep going. And once it's like, okay, it's not the end of the world. You know, at some point you, it's like a sport. At some point you just get better at it, you know, over time. So Mm -hmm. yeah, the funniest person, it's always weird. It depends what day it is. Yeah. That's why I want, I I wanted more like people to make you laugh easy because I know it can be hard to just pick out someone specifically with that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and the weird thing with Jennifer Coolidge, it's not even that she's, like a joker, but she's just funny. And like, there was, you know, like we, one time she has a home here in Los Angeles. She has a second home in New Orleans and her ex-boyfriend also still lives in New Orleans. And you'll, one time we went, she goes like, let's go see what he's up to. And we got got in her car 
and she said, let's wear disguises so he doesn't know it's us. And I was wearing like a leprechaun hat. It made no sense. (laughs) (laughs) And she's wearing like some crazy wig. And you're like, clearly, if he sees a car with these people in it, he's going to know it's terror. (laughs) But it's serious to see like, what is he doing right now? So yeah, and we didn't see him weirdly, which is good, I guess, because we just looked ridiculous. But that's sort of her you know, just sort of her nature and it's really funny and, you know, you got to love her for it. So I don't know. And she'll be like the type that you'll go out to eat and she'll arrive late because she's usually always late, but she'll have a big purse with her and she'll pull out a candelabra, put in candles, a pitcher, like a water pitcher, and then put in roses and decorate your restaurant table, you know, <laughs> make it more special. You know what I mean? And hmm. um, wow. And it's just things like that, you know, just wonderful things. Or you, she's had parties at her house where you play sardines. So it's a bunch of dull, you know, <laughs> sardines is like where you hide. And then if someone finds you, they hide with you. You know what I mean? So you end up in this big pile of people kind of hiding somewhere. <laughs> you'll, you'll play games like that at her home. And, or she'll throw a bunch of like pennies in her. She had a pool at one, one of her places and, you know, you throw and you die for pennies and some of the pennies are marked and you'd win a, you know, 10 bucks or something. And it was just, she's just wonderful. I was like, just sounds like a delight. Yeah. She's totally great in every way you can think of. Um, and smart as a whip, even though she kind of usually plays people that are a little dim witted, it is absolutely the opposite of what, she's, mm-hmm. what she's like. Um, and Parker's like, Parker's lovely and she'll, and, and she's very, down to earth and cool, but she'll also say like, you know, how was your day? And you tell about your day and then how was your day? And she'll say, Oh, it was great. And I did this and I did that. And I saw a ghost and da da da. And you're like, I saw a ghost. Yeah. I saw a ghost today. Like, wait, wait. Da, da, da. And so that's Parker. <laughs> She's it's, it's a different wavelength. So, you know, um, and I love her for it. So yeah, that's, that's happening too. Anyway, <laughs> That sounds like I got it. Just little stories like that that just always like I love hearing that stuff. Yeah. And you know, like we, you would tweet stuff like you know, just like a little not behind the scenes things sometimes, but just like silly little things like that. It's just like oh god, it's just like this is this is why I, for a while I would have considered myself a comedy nerd. Like I was very into comedy and like who was doing what and what was going on. Yeah. Um, it, kind of circling back around to Greg Barrett. I don't know if you know, but his parents actually used to run a dog show in San Francisco for years apparently. <laughs> Well, I met Greg because Greg and Jennifer Coolidge went out for a while. You know what? I was unaware of that. I listened to uh, Greg's like first podcast he did with um, Dave Anthony called Walking the Room. Um, and I had he I don't think he ever brought that up. He brought up that he dated Janine Garofalo for a while. And uh, when they broke up, he took it very hard and she moved on immediately. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't I don't know if they went out Coolidge and him for a while. But there was definitely a time when they did go out. So I, it was a while back. Oh, OK. Yeah. So yeah, that's where I first met him. I think at her place. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, but um, just the fact that you knew him, and then after that, I was like, wait a second. It's like he had a dog. It's like his. Yeah, that's cool. I didn't know that. I was like, oh, that's a weird little, weird little bit of a kismet there as well. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's that's a whole, you know, it's a whole big thing. That whole dog world. 
Yeah. Yeah. He talked about it on the podcast a few times and it was just like very much like, okay. And <laughs> he jokingly said one year he wanted to, uh, cause he was, I think he was doing the announcing for a while and um, he wanted to end, end one year with and release the cats. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, he should have something like that. Just like, yeah, I just thought that would have been very funny, but yeah, I don't, I don't know if they're still doing it or not. Um, he has another, like, it's kind of a self-help podcast now a little bit. Uh, don't take bullshit from fuckers basically. Yeah. But I kind of fell off of it after a while because it just, I realized I was listening to so many podcasts because I was miserable at work, not because I enjoyed listening to so many podcasts. I was like, I need to not do this to myself. So no, there's fun ones. I mean, I just did one called Hey Riddle Riddle, oh, yeah. which is kind of about, you know, comics talking they're, you know, they're guessing riddles, but it was, it's, hmm. it's, it was very fun. It was fun to do. So yeah, there's something for everybody. I was going to say, if you have a sharp comedic mind, I think that would be, uh, that could be very interesting. If it was like, say like me, John and Vanessa, that would be like, oh, um, hmm, let me think about that. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm amazing at riddles for the record. I'm just kidding. I'm not. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm not either. I, I can't even think of one, you know what I mean? But yeah, but yeah, that, that's something they're, they're kind of into wordplay and what have you. And I thought, well, good for them. So anyway, um, well, thank you for having me on. This has been delightful. Absolutely. And I was just going to wrap up because I was like, I think we have kept you far too long, Michael. I really appreciate uh, you, uh, you know, spending the, yes. the afternoon with yes. us effectively. Yeah. So this has been, uh, this has been awesome. Oh, great. Thank when this much. can edit down to a really fun 15 minutes. Absolutely. <laughs> Michael, give right? yourself a little credit. I think maybe 23 I can get. Yeah. 23, 24. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like you that. know, with our theme song, like 23 and a half or so. Exactly. Yeah, so there we go. <laughs> All right, so if you wanted to hear some of the preamble uh, that we did with Michael before we started recording officially and started doing the show proper, you can go to patreon.com slash gamesandjunk. Over there, you can kick in three bucks, and for $3, you will get the bonus segments on this podcast, the bonus episodes of Rocket With Your Card Out, my video game music podcast, as well as early access to the shows when available, and a handy catch-all feed and a higher quality audio rate for all of those shows as well. For $5 a month, you will get everything I mentioned on the previous tier, as well as a shout-out and thank you on the show. So, um, Michael, awkwardly, every month I have to uh, thank Vanessa and John for doing that, because I edit most of the podcasts, and they, for whatever reason, uh, pay me for the work, I suppose, even though they're he, on he here. Does so. lot, he does a lot of stuff, and we appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, thank you, uh, Vanessa, John, as well as Alex Messenger, Josh Carpenter, Eric Nathan Cooper and Michael Hughes. And everyone wants to know what's Eric's last name. Yeah, yeah, Eric. We want to know who you are, man. Come out. <laughs> like, just talk, man. I know you're I know you're a United Supermarket uh, spy. You mm, sneaky. <laughs> you sneak. All right. So anyway, Michael, thank you again so much for sure, joining absolutely. us. And agreeing to do this me. because Yeah, of course. Anytime. And you know, of course I won't ask you back to do a video game movie pod, or video game movie because um they're awful and I, I, I like you too much to put you through that torture. I honestly <laughs> don't know if I've ever seen one. <laughs> Oh, wow. Okay. You know what? Maybe we need to do a, a Street Fighter, uh, the movie rewatch for, for Michael, because you that is like, like that the one. only one. That, that is the only one I think you might like, because uh, Raul Julia just chews the hell uh, out of the scenery in that movie, and it's just hysterical. And I, just yeah. having, the, having a blast playing that. I mean, I like to see obscure movies that most people don't see, but I don't know if I've ever seen a video game movie. I must have seen well, one see, somewhere. That, there's, there's a difference between obscure movies that people haven't seen and obscure movies people haven't seen for reasons mostly being that they're awful and that's well, mostly what we're covering yeah so. fun movies that are awful or they're fun and then sometimes yeah. they're just awful so yeah yeah oh that, that, that that's the majority of the list unfortunately yeah. especially all the uva bowl movies because oof, oof for that guy anyway <laughs> uh, so anyway uh thanks again for joining us and i guess we can do a little post show here in a second so yeah 
Great. Suckers! Googleman? Yeah. Does this ring a bell? I'm not wearing underwear.